Welcome to another episode of Design Under Influence. Today I'm joined by a fine crew, but before I introduce my co-hosts and, and fantastic expert that we have on the show today, let's dive into what we're trying to discuss and help you solve. Uh, I think this problem is consistent to just about any business, but specifically architecture business. So you are special in some way, organization is special. You want to be known for something. There's a special flavor of what you do. You want to do that consistently. The challenge we all are presented with as we have built our businesses to do and execute projects consistently with excellence so you get more projects is very, very difficult. And part of that is actually documenting and memorializing your institutional knowledge. And this is what we're going to unpack today. We're going to talk to Kieran, Kieran Nayak, who is a BIM consultant. He is a, a digital practice uh, leader, um, as well as um, a person with vast experience in, in, in design and architecture. And, and he was able to build, or he's in the progress and continuously building uh, this kind of organizational knowledge base, a database on how to operate, how to be excellent consistently, how to be more efficient. So Kieran, welcome to the show. And maybe give us a little bit of an idea of what typically happens. Like, how do you start solving this massive challenge. Thanks, Alex. It's great to be here. One of the things, one of the biggest challenges that any firm faces is that while the firm itself has a has its own identity, people come and go. You know, you uh, people join the office, they live there for a couple of years, they work and, you know, and, and do excellent projects. But eventually these people leave and what, what they leave behind is a, it's a lot of in, institutional knowledge, right? There's a lot of shared knowledge there that needs to be that needs to trickle down to people who join the firm. And there's a, there's a process of educating new staff as they come in. So one of the big challenges that we face is how do you curate institutional knowledge within a practice so that it's easy for people to understand, easy for new people who join the firm to learn, and also uh, easy to uh, modify as it, as it grows. Typically what firms do is they publish it in a sort of PDF form. And this ends up being quite counterproductive because people copy it onto their machines and then it doesn't end up being updated. The most successful option that we've tried out is to host a repository of information on our central internet platform and use that as almost as, as an encyclopedia of information within the firm. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, you the, the difference between companies like Toyota, Walmart, Amazon, you know, all these names, all these companies that survived and thrived over years and years and years is their ability to have both the culture, but also the central repository of how-to and processes and systems and improvements connected to that culture where everybody cares. But they also, like, there's one thing is caring. And the other thing is, like, actually having tools to execute your care levels towards the customer, the project, your colleague. Right. And so that's what we're talking about here. This central repository. How do you memorize all of this uh, processes, systems, training, standards, toolboxes? And so that's what, Kieran, that's what I saw you do right before the show. You showed me this, this all very nicely put as what you call digital design manual. But before we go into the little details there, what does typically happen in architecture firms? What do you see kind of typical challenges? One of the biggest challenges is when information is only shared by word of mouth, mm -hmm. right? 
that's probably the you know the lowest rung of information sharing that you can have in an architecture practice and it makes it the most challenging because then you you can have mentorship training sessions that broadcast to an office but how much of that is actually remembered how much of that information actually gets to the to the end user because that in the end is the measure of success right you want the person who's producing the work to understand what you're to receive that institutional knowledge when you have a firm that's de dependent on word of mouth for transfer of information then you'd quickly notice that you get the same questions asked over and over again right uh, and they're often from the same people because they don't know where to go to find that information the next time they need it so it's it's vital that firms figure out a way to curate that information somewhere um, and we've seen, uh, sorry to interrupt, but we've seen people try to do that. And we, we've, we've had one of our shows was uh, basically trying to find documents and files, mm -hmm. how to access document and files, one of our more popular shows. And it's, it, it's essentially, I guess, next run is documented, but don't have a central organized repository where it's everywhere. So you, you, you took initiative and you started building this uh, di dis digital design manual. Maybe you can talk a little bit about like what, what are the components and how do you get started with something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Every firm needs to have its own standards. So when you work on projects, you know, you, like you said, there are things that set you apart. There are things that make you excellent, right? So there's one, the tools you use, there's the people who use the tools, and then there's the workflow that those people use to, to actually uh, utilize the tools that they have. So how do you gather the information about those three things and curate them in one central place. So the solution we came up with was to not distribute a PDF or you know send emails, but to, to host that on our central intranet, uh, intranet platform, right? So instead of, so the, the great advantage of that is that it fu functions as a living document. You can update parts of it. You can, uh, you can make it interactive uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't just sit dormant in, in someone's hard drive. It looks so like almost like a website, like a real website, but for internal use, right? It's a, it's a website for internal use. Um, exactly. So, and the way that's organized is you have standards down to, you know, your graphic standards, how you like to, uh, you know, from graphic standards to BIM standards as well, but also how do, how do teams communicate? How do teams communicate within a, a collaborative work sharing uh, BIM environment. And the third section would be, how do you ask questions? What are the, what are the resources you have within the firm? The videos that you've recorded um, of training sessions, those kinds of things all get hosted in that central place. Mm. And it makes it, makes it really easy for people to find information. Now, I'm building one of my businesses and it has nothing right now. And we're, you know, we're a sizable business, 15 employees. Who does this? Like, so you look at the organization, smaller to mid-size architecture firms, that's kind of more my business size. One of my business size falls into like who usually takes on this uh, to start. Is it the founder slash leader, CEO, chief designer? Who does it? I think mid-size firms, you know, 50 people to hundred people, often have the advantage of being able to hire a dedicated digital design manager or BIM manager. Um, and in that kind of an environment, the BIM manager would be the person to, who would oversee the curation of that information and collect it, gather it, to gen help generate content through more training, and then bring that all into the 
digital design manual. Smaller firms may not have that luxury. If you have 10 to 15 people, then chances are you, you don't have the, the bandwidth or the financial uh, resources to dedicate that much, uh, to, to allow that much money for an internal BIM uh, manager. So what you might do is hire a consultant who can do that for you. It is fairly easy and there are many, many good people out there. And you can help, um, right? Yeah, uh, that is something that I do. Uh, but, um, and I'm happy to help, but you, I think small, it's, it's good for small firms to know that there is a huge ecosystem of really good BIM consultants out there who are, who are eager to help small firms, uh, transition into BIM. Makes sense. Um, my, my other thought was, you know, with, when you get to 15, 20 people, I mean, you got to have an ops person there somewhere and that ops person, you know, if, if the company owner has the vision and can dedicate some time on sort of masterminding and building a sort of uh, framework for this, mm -hmm. your ops person should be tasked with organizing and executing because that it, it comes down to this, like it, you don't need to over overthink it up from uh, up front. I mean, I think just basically, and I think you, you're going to provide us a diagram, right? You can give us some idea on how to like begin to think about and structure it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I'll share an image with you that will clearly describe how, you know, a small firm and a medium-sized firm could operate hierarchically uh, and organize itself for better BIM uh, implementation. Yeah, so that would be a fantastic resource. And so from there, I think it's just starting putting those, uh, uh, the processes and systems and thinking about systemizing your operations and systemizing your, what you're known for, your, your, your unique ability, I like to call it. And, right. and, and once that is an initiative, people can get behind it. And your ops person should be able to, I mean, that doesn't take, you don't need special training for it. You should start be able to start putting this together, whether it's in Google Docs initially, whether it's in Teams, whether it's in, you know, whatever. What do you guys use, by the way, specifically? What, what, what software do you use to, to run for your communication? Board? We use Zoom. Zoom, uh, Zoom has been our tool uh, for communication within the office. What about software for the digital design manual, the actual manual? Um, yeah, we use something pretty uh, out of the box. We use SharePoint. SharePoint has some basic resources that will enable, enable any firm to put together a, a straightforward digital design manual just using their templates. And that has been very useful for us, even though it has its limitations. Yeah, I mean, everything would, but you don't recreate the wheel, you just get things done. And as long as robust search and it's organized in a you know, decent way, you can find things. Now, there's one other tip. Let's leave people with one like pro tip. You told me about this. Like You found this the most effective way to get people the information they need quickly and you know, save time, get people more, uh, more, more productive. What is it? Yeah, interestingly enough, you know, and I don't, I don't think this will come as a surprise to anybody, but nobody wants to read pages and pages of text. You know, we live in the age of TikTok, right? And uh, I think it. what we've noticed is that people respond very well to a 30-second video or a two-minute video that describes, you know, very briefly a particular workflow or, you know, uh, a standard. That has by far been the most successful way to record information and share it online. When we look back at the metrics, the views of videos on the internet far outweigh the views of standalone pages. Yeah. 
So there you have it. That's your uh, master tip or pro tip. You know, create those short videos. Uh, and they're not difficult to do, right? You can just screen capture, boom, um, get it done. Yeah, and then- the beauty of it is you don't need any preparation. You basically record your troubleshooting sessions and you record quick quick training. Uh, the, the idea should be you don't prepare. Yeah, and I think what the, from a perspective of, of marketing, uh, which means getting to that information, the end user needs to get to that information. I think what people need to think about is titling it properly. Like you need to create a title and description of the video that corresponds to what's in the video. That's key. And I would spend as much time thinking about that as anything else. And once once you name it properly and pe- with words that people actually use in the search in, on your intranet, boom, it, be- it becomes like vital resource. Um, so I think something to think about is uh, take the time to name it properly. But in any event, I think that's what that was great. We'll dig in deeper into your digital design manual, uh, operational Bible, whatever you want to call it, and hopefully get a little bit more how-to specific advice for our viewers. Uh, in the meantime, Kieran, thank you kindly for your time. And everyone who's watching, thank you for your time. And we hope that you can go ahead and build your organization for years, to last for years and become one of the best companies for whatever it is that your unique ability, whatever it is you want to be known for. Thank you for watching. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Boris. Bye. Thanks, Kieran. Bye.